The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Back to matters at hand, though, and I am joined now by the Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, Michael McGrath. Minister, you're very welcome uh, to the show. I mean, uh, whether people agree or disagree, and uh, and th- people are doing both on the text line on 53106, it is a huge amount of money, an 11 billion euro injection into the economy. Are you confident that you and your government colleagues have struck the right balance between helping people with the cost of living crisis and avoiding fueling inflation. Um, thank you, Kieran. We look. That's what we have sought to do. We uh, acknowledge that the backdrop to this budget um, is particularly difficult, and a lot of people are really worried about the bills that they're getting and the bills that have yet to come over the next number of months. And you're right in saying that we had to strike a balance between providing enough support that would be of assistance, that would make a real difference for people, while at the same time recognising that um, there is an extraordinary level of inflation at the moment. It is a 40-year high, and we know from from, uh, the lessons of our economic history uh, that you don't want to compound high inflation, you don't want to embed it uh, for longer than, than it need be there. So I believe we have struck that balance. If you look at the increase in expenditure uh, for next year, uh, it will be about 6.2% uh, on core current expenditure, and that's up from about 4.6% last year. But the combined level of inflation across the two years is far, far higher than that. Uh, so we're not uh, setting a level of expenditure growth that matches inflation uh, for that very reason that you've identified. Uh, It could uh, add fuel to the inflationary fire as such. So we've sought to use the resources as wisely as we possibly can uh, by reducing costs that people face, whether it be in childcare, in terms of education, school books, student fees, and so on, while improving their incomes uh, through lump sum payments, through some core increases uh, in welfare next year, and also, of course, through an income tax package. So we've sought to strike that right balance while also underpinning public services, mm-hmm. uh, supporting uh, our clubs, our sports clubs, community organisations uh, and service providers in the disability mental health area. So uh, there, there's a lot in this budget that I think will take time to be properly analysed, uh, but that was certainly the core objective that we had. Uh, but the fact that the largesse has been spread so widely, that so many people who are on middle incomes and high incomes have done well in today's budget, with that not in and of itself fuel inflation, that you're giving money to people who don't necessarily need the dig out. That becomes discretionary spending. We have a lot of targeted measures in this budget, and it is true to say that there are some uh, measures that have a wider uh, application. And when you spend as much money as being provided today in the budget, you know, you will be able to pick individual examples where people will benefit, where perhaps they don't quite need it. But we have done the distribution. I didn't have to kind of go through it with a fine-tooth comb to find these. I mean, the the big headline figures are the ones that apply across the board. The €600 energy credit applies across the board and the increase in the tax band applies across the board. Yeah, but the I mean the electricity credit is complemented by a whole range of welfare measures that are very targeted. You know the additional payments that will be made between now and Christmas going to carers, people on disability allowance, people living alone, uh, pensioners, people on invalidity, a whole range of targeted measures. So uh, it is about that balance. There are many people who are working and who are earning a level of income that just puts them above any uh, entitlement for state benefit, and they're getting the big bills too. And yes, they might be in a better position. Uh, to meet those costs, but not entirely. But what we have done is we've looked at the distributional impact of the budget and our analysis of it is that 
the, uh, the, the bulk of the resources uh, are going to those that need it the most. They're benefiting the most from this budget, uh, and it is certainly from our analysis, and the ESRI will publish their analysis in the next couple of days, uh, a progressive and a fair budget uh, that does significantly target resources while extending benefits uh, in a broader way to those that are also feeling the burn of inflation now. Um, so th- th- that's your analysis, as you say, you await the ESRI analysis yep. and IFEC analysis. Uh, already analysis coming in from, 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 from others, opposition parties I- included, and as you'd imagine, uh, they are critical. W- one aspect they are critical of is that in real terms, those on lower incomes will still be worse off. That with inflation running at 10%, that the amount of extra money that they're going to get in their pockets will still see them in real terms have less money. I don't accept that. When you look at the uh, measures in the round, when you combine uh, the cost of living package that is being rolled out in the coming weeks, which is uh, over €2 billion, and you add to that all of the measures, then it will kick in uh, right across 2023. And our analysis shows that for for the poorest households, uh, the households with the lowest levels of income, uh, they will benefit by between 10 and 11% uh, over that period of time. So I think those measures will be really well Uh, will definitely be needed uh, by those households because their level of income uh, is is modest and uh, certainly our analysis does show uh, that we are in a position to go a very, very long way if not fully uh, towards offsetting the type of inflation that we do expect to happen next year which is forecast at about 7% for next year. Uh, When we look into that economic crystal ball then, I mean, how much danger is there that we've bet the house on things improving? next year you know there's the possibility of kind of protracted war in ukraine a frozen war putin might go nowhere the taps might never be turned on Nord stream 2 might never see gas flow back into europe our nearest neighbor and our biggest trading partner you know could lapse into quite a serious recession that's looking more and more likely with every passing date might we be here again next year having to do the same thing all over again Uh, There are certainly many, many economic risks at the moment. We're we're seeing a significant downturn in the global economy. We saw the forecast being updated by the OECD uh, just in the past couple of days. And as a small open trading economy, Ireland will be impacted by that. But we are also going into this from a real position of strength with a record level of employment, with a budget surplus this year, despite um, the massive package that we're providing in quarter four this year, and a forecast uh, surplus of a of about €6 billion Euro next year uh, as well. And we are putting money away. Uh, we're putting a total of, uh, of €6 billion Euro away into a contingency reserve or a rainy day fund uh, because we do recognise that uh, the corporate tax receipts we have been receiving, for example, you know, may not be entirely reliable into the future. Mm. Uh, and so we, we do have to hold reserves uh, back, and we have done that because the truth is, uh, Kieran, we can't predict what the next 15 months out to the end of 2023 will look like. Yeah. Uh, we are living in really uncertain times. There's a lot of volatility um, in this budget. We are providing substantial resources, perhaps not going as far as the opposition would like, but you know that will always be the case. But we are holding back reserves because there are risks. We recognise so, uh, that the economy in Ireland, you know, we will still grow. That's our forecast, but it will be at a much, much slower rate, and that will be directly because of the international trading environment and the spillover effects of the war in Ukraine. So, so we are future-proofing to a degree you're happy with. We could repeat the tricks of this year, to put it that way. So today we have uh, forecast that for 2023 there will be a budget surplus of over €6 billion, Euro, and uh, that is 
based on uh, our assessment of uh, the economy for next year at this point in time, which is that the, the growth will be very modest. So we are uh, reducing the forecasts of growth for next year. Um, mm. But having said that, it still does generate a significant surplus. Uh, but there is that growing dependence on corporation tax receipts and the Department of Finance has identified... But if, we find ourselves, if we find ourselves this time next year in the same situation we are today, that six billion won't be enough to repeat the tricks of today. You'll, you'll have to raid the rainy day fund. Um, well, that's one of the reasons why you have to have one, uh, is that you do put money away for the scenario where you know you meet exceptional events and uh, you need to get additional resources at a time when perhaps it might be more expensive to borrow in the international markets. I mean, I think if you contrast our approach with the approach of uh, the UK government at this time, you know, where we're seeing sterling falling in value uh, dramatically uh, and uh, the cost of borrowing for that country is rising very significantly, uh, I think Ireland is in a much, much better place because of the way we have managed the public finances, the way that our economy has rebounded after COVID. Uh, we are one of very, very few countries in Europe that is projecting a budget surplus for this year and next, mm. uh, and that is for those reasons. But we have to be careful. There are risks. We do need to manage the public finances uh, in a very guarded and careful way, given that those risks are very real at this time. Uh, can I ask then about a couple of specific measures we've been talking about? Uh, this levy on a building block, on a cinder block, I mean, quite a few people getting in touch uh, to point out that people who are lucky enough to, to buy a house in the last few months or maybe complete building a house in the last few months get away scot-free. They're not subsidising uh, the cost of the micro-redress scheme and other redress schemes. People who are about to go building, they will be footing the bill. The reality, Kieran, is that the, the government and the state is facing a very large bill from uh, those issues, uh, the defective blocks in Donegal and a number of other counties, and also uh, the state has yet to uh, finalise it, its approach in relation to apartment defects, but almost certainly the state will play some role there. Mm. Uh, and we feel that it is only fair uh, that the industry would make a contribution to that. I take your point. Yeah, it's um, not the industry who those, make the contribution. Yeah, yeah, it, I, I accept it's that punters point, who pay, yeah. Um, that ultimately those, those additional costs are passed on uh, to the end consumer um, but we do think that you know, when, when faced with a choice of taxpayers generally uh, having to foot that bill entirely uh, or a levy uh, that is linked directly with uh, the industry and li- linked very directly with the products uh, that are relevant okay. here that that is a fairer way to do so it. You're, so you're, um, ha- you're happy to say to people today who have been saving hard to buy a house in a housing crisis the price of your three bed semi is going to go up two grand because of government ver- policy. But on the very same day, government policy has extended the Help to Buy scheme, which is worth up to €30,000 for people. Uh, you know, we're faced with constant calls from Sinn Féin and others to end that scheme immediately. Uh, so to, to do that uh, would put those prospective first-time buyers in a much, much worse position uh, than uh, introducing this charge and at the same time retaining the Help to Buy scheme. So your so message is, is we've made the situation worse for you, but we could have made it worse again? Well, I think removing the help to buy scheme could have made the situation far, far worse and would have put home ownership beyond many thousands of people who uh, are looking to that uh, scheme. And I appreciate you didn't get rid of it, but you didn't expand it. You've just increased the length of time it will exist for. Uh, uh, You've extended the deadline. But you have increased the cost of a house by €2,000 in a housing crisis. And you're happy that that's the message the government are giving to people who have saved hard to buy a house. 
First of all, Kieran, we have no verification whatsoever uh, that this will result in a pass-through charge of €2,000. You know, that is a figure coming from the industry, and that needs to be properly assessed. Uh, but we think it is fair that a contribution is made uh, from the industry uh, to, after all, uh, deal with the legacy cost of, uh, of uh, defects uh, in products. We have people in Donegal and many other counties in Ireland who are living in homes that are just not of a quality that is acceptable and the state has made a decision we are going to help them we are going to support them yeah. to re remediate or rebuild their homes and uh, we don't feel the taxpayers generally uh, should have to entirely pick up that bill and that's why we are okay. asking the industry uh, to make a contribution I, I, I mentioned we had been talking about that earlier something we're going to talk about a little bit later and I'd like to get your take on is um, the expansion in the GP card scheme the free GP card uh, about 400 extra thousand people uh, going to get one uh, and the reaction from some doctors has been I mean this is like the housing crisis it's kind of tweaking on the uh, demand side without dealing with the supply side problem in other words we don't have enough GPs that's what the government needs to be dealing with not increasing the amount of people who might now go and visit their GP Minister uh, Donnelly is also in tandem with this measure bringing forward a package of supports for uh, for general practice and this is an issue in the course of the estimates I would have discussed with him because of course we are conscious that um, the general practice sector despite extensive supports from the state in recent years uh, is under pressure in that many people are finding it difficult uh, to get a doctor when they move into a community and Minister Donnelly in particular uh, is going to bring forward a package of uh, providing additional practice nurses uh, to general practice to assist them and to increase the capacity there but we think that this is um, you know, a very positive measure extending free GP care uh, to around 400,000 people uh, over a period of time is a progressive measure. Uh, we want to relieve the pressure from our general our general hospital system insofar as we possibly can. And that does mean we have to strengthen primary care, including general okay. practice. And this is a very important initiative as part of that. Fianna Fáil TD and Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, Michael McGrath. Minister, thanks a million for joining us here on the show. If you have a question about how the budget, any of the measures the Minister announced there, how they affect you, get them in now on 53106. We're going to have an expert here in studio to answer them after this very quick break. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.